at it again with another shade of blue and another MLS match week. Finally, the MLS Cup playoffs are returning. We've still got a few more days here. We're recording midweek during the international break. Brazil and Argentina are duking it out. Mexico's got a big game tonight. And we're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team and Serginho Dest and that whole disaster. I bet Thad has some thoughts on that. But then we're going to, of course, talk about the Houston Dynamo game this weekend. Sunday at 6 p.m. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. We've got our normal foursome. I'm Cody, Robert, Thad, and David are all here. David, do we have a new sponsor for this episode? We do. Oh, do we? We do. Do you want to do the honors of the ad read? I would like to hear you do an ad read. This one feels special oh, to okay. you. I did bring them in. I We were courting this company for a long time, and... <laughs> finally was able to to make make something happen um so this episode is brought to you by vermise's wax do you have a pesky rival or just some unwanted hair use vermise's wax you know where it goes <laughs> you know where it goes we're gonna maybe get to where you can use that wax against houston but first that i want to talk about the national team another embarrassing Loss. Actually, I don't even remember if they actually lost in Trinidad and Tobago last time, but it felt like a loss. Another terrible game. Thad, what did you think of this showing from the U.S. men's national team and Serginho Dest? Overall, it wasn't that bad, except for Dest. How freaking stupid can you be? Man, truly insane. Very. Truly insane. They advanced to the Nations League Final Four or the semifinals, I don't know what we're calling that. But the Final Four uh, qualify for Copa America, so the the Yanks have officially qualified for that, but it was in embarrassing fashion, Robert. Well, hey, made it through. That's all that really counts in the end. David, I feel like you will have some choice words for Ser- Serginho Dest here. Look, you know, it's one thing to get a card or to get sent off for playing hard, right? Like... You go in for maybe a late challenge or an ill-time challenge, or maybe you go in and accidentally go studs high. I can forgive that, right? Like, we can all forgive somebody for playing hard. Getting two cards back-to-back for descent. I mean, Lord knows I would because <laughs> I, you know, I'm crazy. But That's why you're not a professional what? soccer player. Yeah, but like... Well, <laughs> you're just um, a lawyer. My, my, my <laughs> underwhelming lack of pace... Uh, but I mean, just an unbelievably stupid thing, a selfish thing to do, you know, and, and to leave your teammates high and dry like that. And I mean, I think his teammates weren't too shy about criticizing him in the press post game either. Yeah. Reem kind of led the way on that. He went viral for, uh, I saw some videos online of him, man. He was visibly just screaming at Dest who was walking off the field with his tail between his legs Matt Turner was also seen screaming at him. But Tim Ream was trying his best to remain professional post-game. Yeah, I think words uh, with him would, would be putting it nicely, uh, to be completely honest with you. Um, and, and there were a lot of choice words um, had at, at halftime. But. Yeah, he's, he's doing his best there. And Greg, I think Greg Berhalter is just happy that's, that someone else was, everyone was mad at somebody else. And he was defending him pretty good. 
uh, uh, which is in contrast to what, you know, maybe it has been a knock on him in the past, letting things leak in the media, not supporting his players, things like that. So let, let's hear him hear him uh, respond to multiple questions about Dest after the game. Yeah, you know, I know we, we talked about, uh, you know, I've been asked three, four questions about Serginho already. And what I don't want this to turn into is a witch hunt. You know, he's a young player. He's a fantastic part of this team. He's going to learn. He's going to grow. He made a, a dumb mistake. He knows that. He apologized to the team. And we move forward. Yeah, my man's just, he's, he's got to defend him, but he's just happy the attention is on somebody else there. Uh, so, Dest, yeah, David, like you were saying, I think it's just stupid. The first yellow card is stupid. But continuing on and everything after that, I, I don't even know what to call that. It was absolutely embarrassing. I'm a huge fan of Serginho Dest. He's played at all these big clubs, been surrounded by some great players to learn from whom to play the game. And this is just really disappointing. He's 23 years old. And like I said, with the teams he's played with, he should he should know better by now. Uh, as everyone has said online, he's just going to be a target for the shithousery of CONCACAF and especially Comnable next year. And yeah, listening to Greg after the game, this isn't a death sentence for him. He's not, not going to get called up again if he's available. So he will be back. But Thad, this is, is this going to be a problem going forward with Serginho? Or did he actually learn his lesson? I don't know if he's going to learn his lesson, man, because he got a red card previously and kicked out when he, they played against Mexico. He's not being smart. I mean, you had Gio Reyna chewing his ass in the game. Right. I mean, Gio's not exactly the <laughs> most mature player out there. No, he is not. I mean, you, I go back you make and, the point. Sorry, go ahead, Dad. I was just saying, I will go back and defend Burhalter a little bit. Cody was saying, like, he's, you know, he's kind of known for leaks in the media and stuff like that. It was one thing that he said in a in a closed door session. He doesn't normally trash players in the in the media. So I will defend Burhalter on that. I wasn't going after him for that. That's just a knock I've heard. I know everyone looks for any and everything to pick at for Greg Burhalter, but but that. We brought up the Copa America next year. They just announced the locations. Atlanta gets the kickoff match, and the final will be in Miami. That will, of course, be an amazing final. It's a great location for them. But this kicks off three straight years of major tournaments in the United States. That are you getting excited for the sport here in America? I am, man. What's the what's the three major tournaments? Oh crap. 2024 Copa America. Oh, I got it. 2025 Club World Cup. 2026 World Cup. There might be one more out there. Um, was there a women's World Cup in there somewhere? Well, it's not been named, but uh, U.S. is soon. a yeah, for that right. one also. That's right. Okay. Try to trick me there. I said possible. I did say possible. No, but you thought you had me on that on that quiz question. Wow, that's that's just a proud proud of you, Cody. Well done. He might have more yeah. quiz questions later. Stay tuned for that. How about that for a tease, right, Dad? Yeah, if you're you're nothing but a tease, Cody. <laughs> okay. Any final okay, thoughts so, so, on? Oh yeah, David. Well, I so okay. So I do have a question on Dest, right? You he he has one of the best pedigrees of anybody in the national team pool. Came up through Ajax, played for Barcelona, 
sold to AC, well, on loan at AC Milan, loaned out to Eindhoven. Um, but is it is it possible that he's already peaked in his development? Oh, and man. I say that because, you know, Barcelona, in all fairness, is not the Barcelona of the mid-aughts with, like, peak Leo Messi and everything. But he's already seemingly on the downside as he's, you know, sliding to worse and worse clubs. Um, Eindhoven's a huge step down from Milan. It's a huge step down from Barcelona. I think Milan's a step down from Barcelona, despite playing in the Champions League last year. I do think it is a less prestigious club. Of course. And so while he has the pedigree, I mean, there have been plenty of other players who came through who, who've had pedigrees, but don't have the the wherewithal, the mental state, the competitive drive to like actually make it with the team. And so, I mean, it's undoubted that he's got some sort of, he's got pace, he's got technique. But I mean, I guess my question is, has he already peaked and and should he be replaced on the squad? Well, you're talking about the club game and I don't even disagree there. That's actually a valid point. He has been sliding down maybe a little bit in the club game. But I think he's been a vital player to the national team this whole time. I don't think his play is necessarily slipping there other than when he gets a red card and gets sent off the field. Like he got an assist in that in this game and then got sent off. So he's still he's still a vital player. And when you look at the pool, there's I mean, you've got DeAndre Yedlin, Joe Scally was on the bench there behind him. Reggie Cannon has been in the mix. Shaq Moore has kind of lost his spot on there. Brian Reynolds uh, is also one of those options who <laughs> David was just complaining about his tattoos. But uh, really how, bad. But how about an how about another one here? Maybe a, a guy who just recently switched to the position of right back. Maybe he's still very young, maybe only twenty one years old, and had an amazing first year at the position. And hey, he still got three years until the World Cup. And yes, I am speaking of JFD. Jake Davis. I'm not sure if he's up at that level, man, but he has been a ascendant lately. Up at, up at that level, absolutely not. I am, of course, not saying that. But hell of a first year, David. Absolutely. I mean, there. I think there are worse players who have gotten caps. <laughs> especially at the outside. That's a high bar, David. Come on. <laughs> no, I mean, like, look, I... I don't know that you cap, you know, Jake for the first time in a in a tournament that matters, but I don't January know that he's not up. deserving of a call up of, of a January camp call up or, you know, trying him out in a friendly against some team and seeing if he's got what it takes. Give our boy a, a camp cup Olympic team first, perhaps. There you go. Good thought. What was that, Robert? I said Olympic team first, perhaps. Give him a try there. See. Perhaps, uh, I've I've heard. Oh, I I can see it. I could see it in Thad's eye when you said that, Robert. That that Thad had something, <laughs> and I don't like that you do this. Like this is a thing. You should. We should have. You should have brought this to me. I can see you have something here, Thad. There's something in your eye. What do you have? Well, I knew I wanted to bring it out at some point, and I just thought I should bring it out on the pod instead of you know just some random tweet that somebody else could repeat and get all the credit for. Heck yeah. So Cody, before he, Cody before he tells us, are you tingly? I am a little tingly, and I'm a little annoyed that we almost moved on from this subject, and you were never going to do this. But I'm. But okay, what do you? What do we got here? No, you no. Got something I, on Jake. I would have brought it back to it at some point. Okay. 
All right. So speaking of the U23 team with uh, John Pulskamp that was on there and played a, a game the other day, I, I've heard that Jake Davis was on the short list for the U23 team. There you so go. So he was he was in the close running that he didn't quite make it. He was also invited to the U22 team that went to the the Pan American Games, whatever that was. I didn't really pay any attention to that when I'll admit. If it, if I had somebody on there, I would have cared more. But uh, Sporting turned that one down because they would have returned after the window and they would have been back into playoff games. So he would have missed a, a game against St. Louis for that. There we so, yeah, go. they turned that one down and said no. Our, but boy if have, is, our boy is on the radar. That was a good call there, Robert. Maybe he is going to sneak his way into that roster. Thad, what is your uh, Twitter or your X, shall we say? Yes, now I, now tomorrow when I post this, you can uh, you can tweet that. <laughs> what is it, the back post? Oh my <laughs> yes. <laughs> At back post is the Twitter that he forgets. <laughs> hey, David, uh, did you happen to see the... Final score of Argentina versus Brazil. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> and I, I do. You, I will quit right now. I will nuke the pod with just a series of f bombs and then drop the call. Do you want to do which, that? No. I'm gonna which win. hurts more, David? Which hurts more? <laughs> Brazil losing to Argentina will always be upsetting. Always. Okay, I'm gonna go to break before David ruins the podcast. <laughs> okay, we're back. Let's get to the Sporting KC versus Houston Dynamo Western Conference semifinal match on Sunday. Uh, taking a look at Sporting Kansas City, Danny Rosero was back in training this week. Thad, are we going to get masked Rosero this weekend? I think he will start the game with a mask if, if he doesn't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it carbon fiber? Is it a cool black mask? Does he look does he look intimidating? I honestly saw him from such a distance I can't tell for sure what it was, but it was in the rain and from a distance I didn't get there quite in time to see him. So hopefully Friday, man. Hopefully Friday I'll see him. Okay. Besides that, everyone else is healthy, of course, without Logan and Denbe. Yep. And they're getting libeled back into shape, hopefully back into shape hopefully so he's not a lock for the lineup yet yeah as far as i'm concerned he would be a lock but yeah he's definitely not in 90 minute game shape because the only way you really get 90 minute game shape is to play so i don't know if he would play the full 90 or just i mean maybe he does maybe he doesn't probably depends on how the game's going because you got to remember these games are not going to be uh like the first round against st louis with a at the end of 90, they go to PKs. They could do, do the extra couple 15 sessions. And that's right. That's a lot to ask for a guy who hasn't played for, I don't know how long now. Well, for, months. for the fantasy football crowd is libeled carrying an injury designation into the game. I would say yes. He's got the Q next to his name. Okay. I'm sure we will see him out there. Okay. So uh, my base based on my, a source I will not name. My understanding is that he is going to be starting, but that uh, Zussi is probably going to be his primary backup. How's that make you feel? Better than if Volator was <laughs> playing there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Amen. I think you could also see Roger back there. Yep. Roger Good and Zussi were the two other names I was told. 
Okay, look at David with his sources. You're very sourcey today. Well, everyone, just a reminder, you can go predict the lineup at kcsoccerjournal.com, and I'm going to run through the responses so far. Tim Melia, every single vote at keeper. The back line is pretty solid. Jake Davis, Andrea Fontes, Tim Leibold, and Danny Rosero. Volader got a vote. Johnny Russell also got a vote for the back line. <laughs> Don't know how that happened. Uh, the midfield is the real contention there. Uh, there are four that are all pretty even, but the front runners are Gotti Kinda, Rodoya, and Remy Voltaire. But Eric Tommy and Gotti Kinda are pretty close, so it looks like the fans are kind of torn between those two. Thad, who are you going with, Gotti or Eric Tommy? Depending on when Gotti gets back from his games with Israel, I would go with Gotti. Scored a goal but, today. Uh, he did. It was a good run into the box off of a pass. Gotti goal. Yep. One touch finish. That was very nice. Who was it over? Who'd they beat? Andorra. Knocking him out of the park. He's quizzing me, and I'm knocking him out of the park. I'm really warming up. Doing good up. so far, man. Yeah. Do you know where Andorra is? Are any Were any of these questions on your quiz that's coming up later, or are you just making up more quiz questions for me in this? No, I'm, no, no. These are not on there, man. These, yeah, that's, these would have been better than what I got, so trust me. Robert, Gotti, Gotti Kinda or uh, Eric Tommy? Well, hey, Gotti's been playing. He's fit. Uh, he's playing well, so Gotti all the way. David? I would start Tommy there and we bring go. Gotti on as a game changer. That's why I called on you. Okay. Uh, and the wingers, of course, Daniel Shallowy and Johnny Russell. Uh, random vote for Alan Polito. I think someone is trying to switch up the uh, – Switch up the formation here because Johnny Russell is listed at, at striker for someone as well. But Daniel Shalloway and Johnny Russell and Alan Polito on that front line. And, yeah, we always, every week, we have a post on there. Go predict the lineup. I'm going to start sharing that more. I'm going to maybe turn that into a social post every week. We need to do more with that. That's a fun thing that we do. And hopefully we have two more after this week. And hopefully it's not done yet. Three to celebrate? So, Robert, let's look at uh, Houston here a little bit. Give me three players from the Houston Dynamo that we can keep our eyes on. Went back and watched the uh, Houston game against RSL just tonight before we got on tonight. And, uh, you know, what they do, and this is confirmed by MLS Soccer article that was written as well, is they just move the ball through midfield quickly. Yeah. Um, their wide attackers are not terribly strong. But they moved the ball through the midfield quickly, and that's with, of course, Herrera, uh, 17 assists on the season. He's uh, definitely shown his worth this year. He's a deep-lying midfielder. And then you've got Artur, former Columbus crew guy, who uh, partners with him in there, too. So we're going to need to do a good job of tempering them. And then uh, Coco Carasquilla, uh, eight assists this year. Hell of a name. <laughs> eight assists this year is kind of their, their playmaker, their number 10, if you will. Uh, he's, he's pretty inconsistent, though. Um, there are times when he'll play a nice pass. Other times he'll fudge it into the corner or hit a shot over the bar like, you know, Roger Espinosa. So uh, those are definitely the three danger guys. And uh, the positive thing about that for me is that kind of plays into the way that Remy and Nemanja uh, have been playing Remy a little closer to Rodoya. I think Remy's going to be very key in this game. 
as far as that goes. Another person I'm going to add a fourth to look out for is their right back. So that's a little reason I'm concerned about Leibold or Zuzi or Espinosa, whoever's yep. played left back, is Dorsey. Uh, he does a pretty good job attacking from that right back spot. So that's what I'm looking at. Coco Carasquilla. Thad, why don't you say yeah, that Yeah, he was name? the uh, golden ball winner in the uh, Gold Cup this past summer. So. Oh, wow. Well done there. Thad, why don't you say Coco Carasquilla? Coco Carasquilla. Beautiful. <laughs> that, that's my version of quizzing you. Although you got to hear me say it twice right before. <laughs> David, how about a quick recap from the last time we played the Houston Dynamo? Just a couple well, months so ago. So we've right? actually played Houston three times this year. We played them back in May in the Open Cup. Sporting featured a really heavily rotated side. And it started with Steven Afrifa up top. Jean-Nice <laughs> played. Shelton played. Oh, my we God. We lost one nothing. It wasn't great. <laughs> that game doesn't uh, count. Houston got a red card. Well, so I think it's important, though. So Houston won that match one nothing. They scored okay. early. They got a red card. And then a, a Sporting KC side starting, you know, mostly backups. Our back line was Zussi, Castellanos, Rendov, and Espinosa at left back. Oh, my Just word. couldn't get the job done. This is amazing. Back in July, <laughs> we played Houston. Back in July, we played Houston in Houston. Um, that team was mostly a that that was our that was a pretty first team uh, starting lineup for Sporting. McIntosh was in goal um, rather than Milia, but other than that, more or less our best eleven. Um, sporting took the lead early. We were up one nothing. They leveled in stoppage time in the first half. So going into halftime 1-1, Sporting takes the lead again on a PK. And then in the 90th plus eight minutes of stoppage time, Ivan Franco comes in, scores to level the game 2-2. In that match, Houston dominated possession and, I mean, largely outplayed Sporting. We played without the ball. They had a lot more shots. Sporting was just more clinical with the shots we took. But we escaped with a 2-2 draw um, with two just stoppage time, you know, garbage goals. Then we played them again in September at Sporting Park. That's the match where Johnny scored this on a PK early, counts. and then Johnny got a red card. Then Willie Agata scored a second time in stoppage in first half stoppage time. Then three minutes later, still in first half stoppage time, Teenage Hadebe uh, scored for he's a center back for Houston. Again, you know, and, and the and the possession stats are a little skewed because Sporting was playing down a man for most of the for most of the game that but was the johnny Houston rolling over the ball right right so houston dominated possession uh they dominated on shots and and most metrics they they outplayed sporting but we got out with a 2-1 win at home robert you mentioned hector herrera uh 17 assists is that what you said yes sir yeah he has uh really turned things around this year i thought he was like he he was playing for them when Houston was bad. And I thought Hector Herrera was was just decided to not play for Houston. What turned what turned this around? How why did he become good so good all of a sudden? Well, I think he's in a setup that makes him uh, you know, plays to his strengths. He's got O'Tour next to him. He's got Karaskia kind of carrying the heavy load of the playmaking. So he can sit back and pick his spots, you know, because he's got a little bit of freedom because of what those other two guys are doing. So that's really helped him out. And then I think maybe uh, discipline has been set into Houston's team more so than in the past. Yeah, I actually uh, read something about that, that they did have a 
very serious talk with him about a mindset change and all of that. And I guess that has worked wonders because that team has turned things around and he definitely has. So Robert, how do we beat them? How do we handle Hector Herrera? They're going to score some goals. Well, as I said, I think Voltaire is key here. What we've really been doing, though, as a team is really pressing well uh, and counter-pressing well. Uh, Polito's been a workhorse up front doing that. Um, we've been tucking in you know, with Shalawi and Walt, Voltaire and Kinda and um, Johnny Russell in the middle four there with kind of a little block. And I think that's really going to work well against Houston. However, Remy is going to be key how much he helps Rodoya, I think, with uh, Herrera and Karaskia especially. And then keeping Herrera and Artur working defensively is going to be key as well. Gotti's going to be a big part of that, but Remy supporting Gotti through that midfield, I think is really going to help. And with Polito coming back in too. So as long as we keep Houston's midfield playing a lot of defense and not really focusing on what they can do well and limiting their space and time, I think we're going to be okay. David, are you changing things up from how they played against St. Louis? No, no. I wouldn't, you know, the the team, what the team's been doing over the last half of the season has been working, by and large. There have been some, certainly some bad results, but we're one of the hottest teams in the league the second half of the season, one of the hottest teams leaving the League's Cup. I wouldn't change anything. We play our system, we play our style. And I think one of the things that helps us is that Houston's roster weakness matches up with our roster weakness. We're the weakest at the back line. I think our front three and our midfield three are really solid. Houston's weakness is they're attacking they're attacking forwards. They they scored 51 goals, but which is marginally better than what we did. But by and large, their attackers aren't nearly as dangerous as ours. Our weakness is on defense along the back line. And so um I think that that helps us that they don't have anybody who's just outright dangerous in the way that maybe LAFC or Seattle have. That how are you yeah, feeling um, about Oh, sorry. Amini Bossi is our leading goal scorer, 10 goals on the season in Moroccan. Uh, I, I would agree with David for sure. I mean, Peter has said it. We worry about what we do and what we're going to be doing. They're not going to worry so much about Houston. They're just going to do the thing. Thad, get in here. How are you feeling about this game? I do feel that Sporting can go in there and get the win. I don't know that they want to play the possession game against them. Uh, they... Dynamo are pretty good. I would almost dare them to come in and beat them at times. But I, you got to just go with the game state too, because I mean, if that's if they're getting a lot of chances, maybe you got to change that up a little bit. But when David, you asked David earlier if he changes anything from what they're doing, what they've been doing is sitting back more instead of if pressing too high, because they've been getting they would get countered. So I think that at least doing a mid block, not a not a high press, at least a mid block at at best. Give me a bold prediction, Thad. Something unique that's going to happen in this game. Whoever plays left back scores. <laughs> right back? Left back. Oh, left back. Yeah, left back. There we go. Sorry. They'll keep okay. up Logan's run. That would be amazing. I Ooh. love that bold prediction. Isn't that a movie? Logan's run? <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know, a lot of people are talking, you know, we're going to miss Logan. Let's admit it, guys. Logan's contributions in the playoffs so far have been unexpected, right? Sure. Yeah. What we need, what we need to step up here is, you know, Johnny Russell is going to be healthier than he's been in a while since we've had this layoff in that time. So that's a good thing. 
we just need Polito to, uh, you know, maybe put the ball in the back of the net. You know, he's been doing a lot of great things, but, you know, that would be definitely a step forward. That was the key. I was hoping to bring it back around to Alan Polito. He's had his time off from the rate at which he was scoring goals, cooled off a little bit, still contributing in all these other ways. But we need that moment. This is what he's here for, is to score big goals in big moments. And uh, I'm ready to see that from Alan in this game. David, any final thoughts on this one? You know what it is. We are going <laughs> to beat them, probably two to one. Oh, okay. Okay. Thought maybe Vermises Wax was going to come into play there. Maybe not. We should work our sponsors implied. into the show, though. So at least I got another read there. Oh, and happy birthday to Vermees. HBDPV. How old is Peter Vermees, Thad? He's pretty old. He's almost as old as me. 57, I think. 57. Sounds about right. He still looks like he could get out there and like put in a like a hard tackle. I know. He does, man. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he could. Well, he could. Yeah. He actually was like doing a little bit of uh in the scrimmage the other day, just you know, not too serious, but okay. I think he nutmegged somebody. I forget who, but he nutmegged somebody. Okay, before we <laughs> before we get out of here on this one, honest feelings about this game. Positive or negative, Robert? Definitely positive. I was gonna add one more thing. The way RSL scored their goal was by switching from the right wing to the left. And Houston does not do a very good job of switching and sporting switches the ball well. Yeah. And we have dangerous wingers. So I think that's really going to help us out. So I'm even more confident after watching the game tonight. I'm going to say 2-1. Good. Johnny slashing in with... from the wings. That's what we're looking for. David, do you feel good or bad? I feel good. Bad. Good or bad? Good. He there's, says as he winces. Yeah, see, there's no way. That's what I've said. Honest feelings. You can't wince as you say good, Thad Bell. It's like a 51-49 the kind of thing, man. Yeah, I can. Because I feel like I jinx things if I'm like too positive. So, Well, if you're 51-49, I feel like that doesn't necessarily feel good. That would maybe you feel okay about it. So th I think Thad But if I said okay, good. you would give me crap. So I went with good or bad. So I went with good. So get <laughs> off the damn ass, Cody. I'm going to wax you. <laughs> All right, listeners. I just wanted to jump in here and give a quick note because we were teasing the quiz game from Thad, the whole podcast. But our streaming service let us down. The connection wasn't right. We couldn't get through it. But it was going so well. So poor Thad, and I'm sorry to the listeners. Thad had all these questions that were relevant for this game. They won't be relevant next week. So he's going to have to do this all again because it was a good game, and we're going to have to bring it back. But, uh, yeah, I didn't want to just leave you guys hanging on that. I am going to fix this problem, so don't worry. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, please. And uh, we'll see you after this win on Sunday. Sporting.
Yeah.